This is Pave It Black. Hi, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And today we're here to, to continue discussing technology and innovation. Over the last 10 years, it seems like everything in life has digitized. I can't remember the last time I've actually seen a paper bank statement. But digitization has been relatively slow to move in the area of the construction industry. However, since the onset of COVID-19 and the pandemic, e-ticketing is one tool that has really started to accelerate its use. So when I think about e-ticketing, some of the questions I have are really, what, what are the benefits of having e-ticketing? And then where are some of the hangups that we've run into as we start to implement these systems or that could happen as we implement these systems? So to help us explore this topic today, we've brought in Dan Gano from Lindy Paving. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thanks, Richard. Brett, I'm glad to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Lindy Paving before we jump right into the topic today? Sure. My name is Dan Gano. I'm a Vice President of Operations, Lindy Paving. I started with Lindy about 23 years ago as a project engineer and worked my way up through. We are a asphalt producer and asphalt paving contractor in the western Pennsylvania region. We operate 14 asphalt plants stretched from Pittsburgh to Erie. And our construction laydown crews perform work in Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia for various DOTs, airports, municipalities throughout the region. One of the first things I kind of would like to start with is to get your take on what e-ticketing really is and maybe a little bit of what it's not. I know it's a newer technology and there's a lot of areas that can kind of build into. So I just was hoping you could maybe tell us what e-ticketing is and how, how it's being utilized. We've been exploring e-ticketing in one way, shape, or fashion over the past probably 10 years internally, uh, using it for our own benefit as far as being able to get a visual idea of where crews are at production-wise and plants are at production-wise throughout the day, the night, the weekend. But over the past four years, it seems um, there's been a lot more movement within the DOTs to move towards e-ticketing. And we've been involved pretty closely with Pennsylvania DOT, PennDOT, as they've started that process. And we've been involved in a few of their pilot projects along the way. So I know Ashto is right now floating a spec out there, and it used to be called an e-ticketing spec. And now they're actually calling it materials, material delivery management systems, because it includes e-ticketing and kind of, of fleet management. Can you give us a little bit of insight into necessarily why sometimes people lump e-ticketing and fleet management together and why they really should be kind of separated um, in terms of specifications and standards? That's a great point because that's exactly where we started with the specification in Pennsylvania. And and when you combine e-ticketing with a fleet management or GPS technology, it does add a degree of complication to the process. You think of e-ticketing as a digital copy of the ticket, it's a pretty simple process. When you throw GPS, truck tracking, other hardware involved and having to manage that whole environment, that becomes a little more cumbersome and it's not as easy to implement, I should say. 
And there's a reason we separated them out. We're actually having another podcast, which will be following yours on specifically looking at fleet management. But as you mentioned previously, you've been looking at e-ticketing and one way or another for really the last 10 years and PennDOT's been exploring it really for maybe the last four years. So we've had this capability to use this technology for a while. Why now? Why in, in 2020, 2021, um, have both industries and agencies become more receptive to not just start explore it, but start starting to specify it and put in provisional standards um, to make e-ticketing happen? I think there's a few reasons, Richard. Um, one would be, of course, the obvious thing out there right now, which is the COVID situation, the environment we're in, and not wanting to use paper tickets or, or hand paper tickets off and possibly contaminate somebody else via the paper ticket. The other reason would be technologies advancing and, and those technologies are out there. And I think that there's a younger generation that's more open to using technology. Therefore, the desire to go out there and utilize some of these systems and platforms or providers that are out there um, is well received. The third benefit would be that the availability of inspection staff has become increasingly hard to find. Just like our own challenges finding workforce of the future, the same thing happens in the inspection staff in the DOT world. The use of electronic ticketing can also provide the ability for one inspector to multitask and maybe cover multiple operations or multiple tasks at the same time. So you just kind of touched on some benefits, and I think there's some obvious ones with safety or streamlined communication, maybe record keeping that really stem from implementing of uh, e-ticketing. So I was wondering, are there other benefits that you've noticed from using digitized tickets? I think the biggest benefit is the ease of multiple people being able to see the information at the same time and make decisions or use that information so that they can continue on with their tasks or, or, or duties that they need to perform during, out, during the course of a day or a shift without having to physically wait for that ticket. Moving to the digital space just seems to make sense. And like I said, every everyone's doing it. And I'm kind of annoyed sometimes when I'm at a restaurant or something and I still get a paper ticket. I just wish they could email it to me for my record keeping. While there are a lot of great possibilities for the industry moving here, like what are some of the concerns or hangups that could still come with this type of system? I've heard people talk about, well, what if an area doesn't have good cell phone coverage because you're in a remote area or um, concern about data flow from contractors to DOTs? We've been going through some pilot projects for a number of years now, so we've encountered a number of these. One thing I think to remember is not to make it too complicated. You know, an e-ticket is a digital copy of a paper ticket. If we don't have cell service or we don't have coverage or something goes down with the system, plan B, use a paper ticket. It's still there. You know, plants are still going to generate them because not everybody is going to use a digital ticket. Um, plants supply material to not just DOTs, but to multiple other agencies, private, private groups, municipalities, they may not use electronic tickets. So there's still going to be a need from a plant standpoint to generate a paper ticket. So no cell service, use a paper ticket, send it with a truck. It's an easy backup plan. Another hangup would be trying to make it something that it's not. If we're looking at e-ticketing, we're trying to solve an e-ticket problem and digitize that so that the groups that need the information can have it and do what they need to do with it. 
than focus on the e-ticket. If we put more into it and we try to keep attaching things to it, it's going to become a very complicated process that will get slowed down significantly. Are there uh, challenges with like selecting which which solution or knowing which direction or making investments that can be challenging at first or how does the process or implementation usually go or what was your experience with that? Great point. And I think that's a two-part subject because implementing a program for just the e-ticket, fairly simple. Most of that work is done remotely, very easy to do, because again, it is still just a digital copy of a paper ticket. When you combine you know, truck tracking, fleet management things along with that, that's where it gets to be a little bit complicated because asphalt producers oftentimes are not in direct control of the trucks or the truck fleets. So to manage a program that integrates with the trucks gets quite difficult. That's where I think that there needs to be a well-thought-out plan of what each party is looking for. What are the DOT needs and what do they need from e-ticketing? And let the contractor look at what they need from e-ticketing. They could be two different programs. I've been working with this e-ticketing thing for for quite a while with, with PennDOT, and we fought pretty hard to get the GPS portion out of it. And we're going to stay with that fight because it's really hard. There's so many programs out there. And when you try to integrate the truck GPS programs with the plants, it puts a lot of emphasis on the plants to manage it and not the contractor that actually is contracted with the DOT. It becomes pretty cumbersome. Hopefully we can continue that battle, keep it separated. You're right. There are two different things. E-ticketing and fleet management are two different things. And they're now trying to put it under this whole, like I said, I think they're calling it materials delivery management systems now. And the challenge that I, I see is they're sitting, if the truck arrives an hour late, I need to know where it was. And I was like, no, you don't. You just need to know it was an hour late. The mix is probably cool or cold now, or yeah. you may have this issue. I was and, like, And sorry, Richard, that, that's always been my argument was it shouldn't matter to the DOT what route that truck takes to get there. As long as the material arrives with a specification, there's a series of procedures when that truck arrives on site, you know, temperature, gradations, compact. I mean, those are all still the same. It should not matter whether the truck drove in circles. I picked it up by helicopter. I put it on a barge. It should not matter. The, the other argument we always got from that was they need to know what route that truck took so that they can, if they need to, they can perform a forensic analysis on if there's a pavement problem. And I've been doing this for 23 years. I've gone and looked at a lot of pavement issues. And there's not been one time where I looked at a pavement issue and I said, if I only knew what route the truck took, that would be the piece of information I needed to solve this problem. And there's a line that says this should be looked at and the contractor and the state agency should figure out what information should be required. But they put everything in the kitchen sink in there so that people would know all the different things that this stuff could do. And they changed the name from the e-ticketing spec to this basically because I kept telling them that half of what they had written was outside of e-ticketing. We've gone through a couple revisions already, but it's out for final revisions right now for a e-ticketing specification. One of the big issues that Napa did last year was we went to FHWA and said, we have got to encourage people in states to get involved in e-ticketing. And it's got to be just the digitate, that is a hard word to sometimes get out, digitization 
<laughs> of the paper ticket. I was like, all the other stuff, we'll talk to you about it later and we'll come to an agreement. But right now, we just got to stop handing off tickets. And it's not just a COVID safety thing. It's, I mean, handing off a paper ticket beside a, by the side of a truck that's running is not necessarily the safest thing in the world. No, it's not. And the, uh, but consequently, neither is looking at a phone or an iPad in the middle of a construction site. Um, True. <laughs> which just brings a whole new set of challenges. Um, the, the one thing that, and I'll just share with you, the one thing that PennDOT is doing is, they've kind of leaned towards creating their own app, uh, which I think is the way that states should go because what we kind of convinced PennDOT is, is look at exactly what you want. If you want to do all this stuff, we'll send you the information electronically, you know, through an API or through a third-party vendor, such as, you know, a Hall Hub or a DotSlip. You know, they can open it up and they can send the data to them. And then they can make their app to do whatever they want it to do. So however they want their inspectors to interact with it, the information they want to collect, how they want to file it and, and secure it for records, for preserve it for the future, they can make their own system to do that. Don't put that on a contractor to do it because all you're going to do is the state agency now would have to learn how to manage 15 different systems. Not everybody's going to, not everybody will use the same system but they're all built off the same data flow. That's where PennDOT's headed. And I really think that's the right way to go. You kind of touched on that it doesn't matter the route that the, the mix took to get to the plant, which I think is a great point, but are you able like in their app to document where that load went on the job easily? So like that ticket ties to a location, like are they able to do that with their app just quickly? like? say this is the station, like type it in or something like that? Well, just think about the process because no app is really going to do that. So typical paving spread. Paver, it's got a hopper in it, got an MTV in front of it and a truck in front of that. So the MTV holds a load and a half. The hopper and the paver holds about a load. So what they think they're getting when they see that truck back up the MTV and dump, oh, that's the location where the load is. No, it's not. You're off by four loads. It's actually four loads down the road because in between a, the screed and, and a full MTV, I got about three and a half loads of material or 60 some tons of material. So that's not the spot. Truly, the only way you're going to get the spot is going back to the same way we taught our paving foreman to yield, to, to walk loads back and work their yield. You know where you started, you know what your yield is. If I'm looking for load or, or tonnage that was at 120 tons, that's an easy calculation. You go from your start point, you measure up, you got it. You're right there. That'll be more accurate than the GPS stand. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I definitely agree that like where you back the truck in isn't where the mix hits hits the ground. Obviously, there's some um, delay. I'm just curious because sometimes, you know, a truck might come out of order or things like that. I just didn't know if there might be a way to document like the where it dumped or something like that, but, but I, I agree 100% but, but, doing yeah, that. Most of the apps do have the ability to accept the ticket just like you were taking it. So we use Dot Slip or Hall Hub right now. And when you see that truck pull up, you can click accept ticket. It accepts the ticket. So you kind of know it's, it gives you a timestamp of, of where it was accepted and which load number it was. But, but even back to load number, if it's load 24 or 25 or 25 dumps and stuff in front of 24, those things happen. And I think those are the, we tend to get hung up on those 
little things instead of the bigger picture. And I don't think those little things matter quite as much as we might think they do or want to think they do. I agree. I think, I mean, bigger picture, it's more simple and it's not into those details. Those details really, you know, are, you'll get caught up in it. It's not, it's not where the actual challenges lie. And I agree with that. And again, the details are outside of the ticket. That, that's all, and, and I think that's where Richard was getting at. It's a whole different thing. It's not just a truck management system. There's a whole list of things that happen once that material gets to the job site that, honest to goodness, I do think that instead of worrying about which route the truck took to get there, if we spent more time on looking at what happens once that truck backs into the paver and the temperatures, the densities, the gradations, how that material's handled, are we folding hoppers in or we're using the proper procedures, that's where we get to the quality, not the route the truck took to get there. If, if we put our effort into coming up with a system to standardize that and document that and make that go better, quality improves. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're missing the boat. I mean, we're, we're blaming on the truck driver <laughs> when it's on the job. The truck driver really has very little to do with the quality of the product. Dan, thank you very, very but that, much. That's, that's been my soapbox for a while. I'm sorry for the rant. That was a lot of good information. I really appreciate you sharing your perspective on e-ticketing, giving us some some of your experience and really helping us get a better understanding of how e-ticketing can impact operations. Really thank, thank you for your time today. Yeah, thanks, Dan. I thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. So I think my big takeaway from today is really... When you're thinking about e-ticketing, you got to keep it simple. Don't worry about the extra stuff. Just focus on digitizing the ticket. That's what we need to be thinking about right now. And that's where DOTs should be focusing and working with contractors. So kind of piggybacking on what Richard took away is just that while the system might offer a lot of opportunities for expansion, different ways that we can really use this information or gather more information with it, I think it's really important to to make it successful and to make it happen quickly and efficiently is to really focus on that core. But then as the system is implemented, you can look for opportunities to really gain more information, use it in more powerful ways, do things that the old tickets obviously couldn't even come close to doing. And so while you don't want to get that all off the starting line, it's there and it's something that someday offers a lot of possibilities. We just want to thank everyone again for being here with us today. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And we just want you to remember, as you're driving around America's highways, someone from our industry paved it black. Pave It Black is produced by Monica Dutcher of the National Asphalt Pavement Association with podcast theme music credits to Colleague. You can find Pave It Black on most of your favorite platforms, including SoundCloud and iTunes. If you would like to suggest someone for us to interview, please email Richard Willis at rwillis at asphaltpavement.org. That's R-W-I-L-L-I-S at asphaltpavement.org. Until next time, Keep paving it black.